Welcome to this episode of the Down the Put Podcast. My name is Anthony Abbott and I am the host. In this episode, we are joined by Pacific FC player Marco Bussos, who gives us an insight into his move to Pacific and also a little bit about his career so far. Carlos also joined us to help ask some questions to Marco, as Marco is one of his favorite players. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We always do appreciate the support. Now on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We are joined by one of the league's standout players from last year, Marco Bustos. Thanks for joining us, Marco. No, thanks for having me. No, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to some other people, you know, other than uh, the people in my household right now. So, it's nice. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Carlos on the line too, who just happens to be uh, one of Marco's uh, biggest fans in the world. So. Welcome, Carlos. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Marco, for joining us and be a guest in Down the Park. No, again, thank you for having me. So uh, my first question is, um, so obviously you've joined Pacific this, this season. Um, yeah. you, you played with the coach, uh, Pa Madu Ka at the Whitecaps. Yeah. Um, how, much, how, how much of the decision was down to him? And uh, obviously this is his first coaching job as him as being the main man. Uh, what do you think he'll bring as a coach to Pacific? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of coming to Pacific was had to do with had to do with uh, with Pa. You know, he's a big mentor of mine in my professional career so far. He's done a lot for me, mental on the mental side and on uh, and being on the pitch. And you know, he he called me and and gave me his sort of plan and what he sees, and that he was going to be joining Pacific as a head coach and that he wanted to bring me here. And obviously, I I couldn't say couldn't say yes or no right away. You know, I had to I had to weigh up all the options, and and when it was time to sort of make a decision, I think I think getting getting together with Pa again was was going to be a big benefit to my career. So uh, so that's the that's kind of the choice I I made, and and I don't regret it. You know, it's. It's been great so far, the way he's handled everything, you know, the standards he's creating here at the club. And and it's just, it's been great so far, obviously, with this COVID-19 getting in the way. It's been pretty difficult, but from the first, from the first few weeks of preseason, you know, he set the standard that was, that was very high in my opinion. And that's, that's what I was looking for because being in a day-to-day, you know, a place where, where standards are held high every single day, it's, it's that's that's the environment where you get better. So that's what that's what I was hoping for, and that's what that's what I'm getting here. And and to get to your point where you know what I think of what how I think he'll do. You know, being a new coach, I think he knows the game really well. 
and and if if anyone can succeed you know you know right from right from the beginning of of his coaching career it's going to be him you know he's he's a guy with that wants to that wants to achieve big things you know he achieved everything that he could as a player and now as a coach it's a new role for him but i think i think everyone in the team respects him and that's that's first and foremost the the one thing you want and obviously we haven't played a game yet so we'll have to wait on that but he's a ball playing likes likes creativity and and wants to keep possession of the ball so i'm excited yeah like i mean like he's done one awesome thing as a coach so far he's managed to convince you to to move to pacific so uh <laughs> it's, a, it's a good start for him um so as i mentioned there like you you, you met him playing for the white caps you spent a lot of time in the white cap system yeah, uh, what was the what was the youth system like there, and uh, how did it help develop you into the player you are today? Yeah, they, it had a huge impact. Obviously, you know, I was I was there for seven years. Um, you know, when I first moved to, to move to Vancouver, I didn't have the easiest time. You know, it was tough at 15 years old trying to adapt to, you know, just a, a different lifestyle. You know, coming to coming to the West Coast where it's you know the winters are pretty rough as in you know, not a lot of sun. And the first four months were tough for me. You know, after the first four months, I I questioned myself. You know, it was a bit of uh, adversity. You know, I, at times I felt like, you know, why why am, why am I here? You know, I just would rather be at home and with my family and friends. But uh, after the first four months, I got to go home at Christmas and, and that was a big eye-opener for me. You know, it was, you know, get back to Vancouver and put in the work and try and better myself or stay in Winnipeg and get a job or something. So, you know, I, I get, got back to Vancouver and my mindset totally changed. I tried to get fitter and I did and I started to focus more. And as as time went on, I started getting getting more confident. You know, the coaches started liking me more. Then I started becoming one of the better players. Then started be- to become one of the top players, and then so on and so forth. And then obviously, three years, three four years later, signing a a pro deal at eighteen with the first team, and and obviously, uh, I think I had a lack of opportunity there. But it was it was huge, you know, just to get get in get into the professional game and and sort of learn your learn your role. I think uh I think it played a huge part in in creating the mentality that I have today. You know, it's uh it's it's a tough world to be a professional athlete. You know, you have to sacrifice so much, but Vancouver was a great place for me. It's it kind of set the standard for for everything in in life for me. And it it's pretty much made me who I am today. You know, if it wasn't for Vancouver, I don't think I would be a professional soccer player. That's for sure. Yeah, it it, it doesn't seem like a when you put it like that that a, a choice between getting a job in Winnipeg or playing football in Vancouver. It doesn't sound like that hard of a choice, man. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, at, at the time, you don't you don't you don't really think about that. You know, it's at fifteen years old. You don't. It doesn't cross your mind, really. You know, um, you know what what an easy choice that is. But it was more me thinking, you know, man, I'd rather just be with my friends and 
and this is this is hard on me mentally. You know, it was tough to be away from my family. I'm a very family oriented oriented guy, and it was like, why am I doing this to be away from my family so much? But then I come to learn, you know, this is the professional game. This is this is what I want. I want to be a professional soccer player. So might as well learn early than learn too late, right? Marco, you started very young to play for FC Norwest. Um, yeah. You were eight or ten. Um, tell us some, uh, more about like those early years, how you decided to be a soccer player, because I think uh, your dad is Chilean and your mom is Italian, right? So that's yeah. a pretty solid foundation of uh, football powerhouses global-wise. Tell us more about that influence and how you decided to be a soccer player. Yeah, I think all, all the influence sort of came from came from my dad. You know, I, I, he would uh, he would play his games, and he would always bring me and my brother and my sister out to watch him. And we were always around soccer. And my dad was a huge soccer guy. He had his uh, used to used to uh, used to make his own tournaments. We used to call them the Mini World Cup. They were big tournaments back in the day in Winnipeg. And uh, uh, yeah, so always him being being my coach, trying to push me. You know, my my brother always my brother at a young age being better than me, so I always looked up to him, and it always pushed pushed me to try and be better than him. So he was a uh, that was a big influence on me too. But but uh, nonetheless, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy what I do. I love I love soccer. So it was more just me getting out trying to play in in every every game that I could or every practice that I could make. You know, it was just me trying to trying to play soccer every day and no matter where it was in my backyard with my team with my dad my brother wherever it was so I don't think uh there's you know like uh Northwest is obviously the club that I played for growing up as a kid but you know it was more just me being being around soccer 24-7 <laughs> and since you started um you were always uh a winger um midfielder or did you play other positions before that in your youth days yeah in my youth days i i sort of played all over the front the front line i play uh like attacking mid or striker right wing left wing so i i, I wasn't ever really really a fan of the left wing as i don't know if you've seen me play i like to i like to cut in a lot so i i, I prefer the right wing which uh Then, then I started at, uh, like once I got into into Whitecaps, you know, I sort of foundationed myself around being a number 10 type player, an attacking midfielder. But now I had this conversation the other day that you know the number 10 position is is evolving. I don't think many many teams now are playing with a number 10 style player. So now it's you know how can I change my game a, l a little bit to adapt to that for. Obviously, right now and for the future, you know, not, as of right now, you know, the Pacific staff, the coaching staff, and myself see me as a as a right winger. So that's a, that's a position I'm still trying to still trying to get a hold of for sure. But I've played all yeah. over the park. Yeah, um, because uh, I think when you play for Valor, you were playing as a right you were playing as a right winger, and. Uh, yeah. In your young age, what I saw was like when you were the white cat, you were playing behind the number nine. You were like a yeah. 10. 
And also yeah. when you were called up for the national team, also you were playing in the same position behind the number nine. So it seems like yeah. you have a pretty solid foundation of being a natural number 10. Would you think that now with all, with all this modern football evolving and everything, and now um, Paul being a coach for the Pacific FC and being um, having that big influence coming from the Wildcats, same of you, do you think that he will put you in that position again? Yeah, it's, it, it, it all depends. You know, uh, I, feel, I feel most comfortable playing behind the nine. You know, that's a position that I can say I've pretty much played my whole my whole life so far, my whole career. Uh, it's it's a pretty natural position to me. You know, I'm I'm a pretty technical player, so you know, getting getting into tight areas to receive the ball is something I enjoy to do, I enjoy doing. But no, if depends on the game plan. You know, if I'm playing on the right side, I have the freedom to to drift inside to sort of collect the ball like a number ten. So it's it's not really if I play on the on the wing I have to stay on the wing I have to stay close to the line. It's you know choosing the right times to come in and the right times to stay out, and that's still what I'm learning today. You know on the on the right side trying to what are the movements I need to do to create space for myself in dangerous opportunities. You know I'm a guy that likes to score goals and assists, and that's what I want to do. I want to score the most goals that I can and assist the most goals because at the end of the day it's the statistics that matter right if I can master getting into areas that that affect the opposing team then that's that's what I want to do so you know it's got to do a lot of video work and a lot of practice on the on the pitch of course interesting yeah so it's it's uh it's a work in progress you know if if I play in the middle, I'm happy. If I play out wide, I'm happy. You know, I'm just I'm happy to be on the field, and that's 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 what it kind of comes down to. You know, it's being on the bench or watching in the stands is not is not something I'm a fan of, and no soccer player is a fan of. But uh, you know, you have to go you have to go through that to realize realize you know what what it takes to become a starter or be, to get into the 18 of a roster you know it's it's hard work every day and that's that's my mindset and you know wherever the coach plays me I'm gonna do the best of my ability but going back to what you said you know I feel most comfortable in the 10 position but but now with football changing I'm gonna have to adapt and I would say my next most comfortable position is the right wing uh, we were talking. We were actually talking to uh, Joe Morelli. He's a player who signed for the Wanderers there in the off season. And okay. He he kind of said the same thing. Like uh, we asked him to name like his favorite three players in the number ten position, and he couldn't name <laughs> three players because it's changed so much. It's uh, it's it's kind of funny like how football adapts over time. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because you see all these number ten type players, but if you if you go look at the formation they're playing, no one's playing with a number 10. So it's like, you could say like Coutinho, you put him, he, he would tell, he would tell you that he's a number 10 type player, but you know, he doesn't get to play in the 10 because there's no, they don't set up with a 10. So you've got a number 10 type type player playing on the wing. You know, it's, it's, it's not something we're accustomed to, you know, you, you have to grow into that position. You have to be a bit more dynamic, a bit more, you know, 
making runs up and down the field, even if you're not going to get the ball. You know, it's a it's a lot more selfish, unselfish runs, I would say, because you know, the someone thinks of a number type number ten type player. The first thing that comes to your mind is, you know, a technical player that doesn't run that much and is pretty lazy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. this, it's true. So this, yeah. in in the modern game now, everything everyone is moving so fast that there's no time for number ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like that that kind of almost like the Pirlo player, you know, that just kind of just has a kind of languid uh, like look about them. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's definitely disappeared from the game. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So, so just going back to your time at the the Whitecaps, um, you made your MLS debut against FC Dallas, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, what what's a, like most football people will never get that opportunity to to feel what it's like to be a professional. So, what, what was it like? What, were, what was your going through your head uh, when you were um, playing, going to play your first game? Yeah, it's funny because 24 hours before that game, I made my debut for the national team, the senior men's team. So the funny story, actually, we uh, we were in an Canada camp. We were in uh, Washington D.C. and uh, I got called in. You know, it was weird because you know who gets called into a national team camp when you haven't even played your a first professional game yet. So whatever, you know, I was excited to be with the national team. We were playing against Ghana, and the day before that game, Carl Robinson called me and told me, hey, we're going to, after your game against Ghana, the next morning you're going to fly out and you're going to come to Dallas. We need you here. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna play a part in the game. So obviously going, obviously knowing, wow, I'm going to go, I'm going to make two debuts here in the span of 24 hours. It's crazy. Obviously, I I played in the game against Ghana. I did well for the for the minutes that I played. I, think I played about 15, 20 minutes, and then uh, obviously in my head, you know, I'm gonna go to Dallas. I don't know how much I was gonna play. I thought I was gonna play maybe like five, ten minutes, but uh, you know, I barely got any sleep. I got maybe two hours of sleep, and then obviously I did a big flight to Dallas from Washington D.C. Got there, I fell asleep, or I had lunch. I slept for three hours, or slept for two hours. Then I got up, had a pregame meal, and uh, and went to went to the game. So it was everything happened so fast, and you know, on the bench at halftime, I was like, "Wow, oh, I need a Red Bull or something." Falling asleep here. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was on the bench, and like my eyes were going. You know, when you're watching a when you're watching TV and you're getting tired, that's how I felt, and I was like, "Wow." I, yeah, I hope I don't get called into this game. And then, uh, obviously, at, at halftime, the coach came up to me and told me, you're going to go in in the 60th minute. So you're going to play 30 minutes. Just be ready. So right there, I had a Red Bull, and I was, I was, I was buzzing. And, uh, and I went on, and I was the best player on the field. <laughs> it was crazy how, you know, you, when you least expect something, it's, you know, when you have less time to think about it, I think it's when you play the best. And uh, that that Red Bull gave me, gave me a kick for sure. <laughs> but it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. They they gave me wings, but you couldn't see them. 
There you go. There's a, a sponsorship deal in the making for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it was a it was a feeling of I don't know if relief is the right word, but you know when you've worked for something so hard and it finally falls on it finally falls in front of your in front of your face. You know, it was it was a moment. You know, I was I was very proud of. You know, I've gone through so many sacrifices to get to that point, and and from there it was. You know, hoping after that game to build off of build off some positivity and and take that into the next season because that was towards the end of the season. And uh, the next season, it came in came in uh, super fit. And uh, obviously, being a younger player, you don't get you don't get the the right away all the time, sort of. And uh, you know, I went through a lot of adversity. You know, a lot of a lot of times I felt like I should have played, but obviously I didn't. And at the end of the day, it's the coach's decision. But you know, it kept me kept kept the gasoline in my tank. You know, it was it always built a fire inside of me to try and prove people wrong. And that's what that's what sort of sort of uh, keeps me going now. You know, it's it's uh, it was tough to get to this point now, but you know, I'm just. I feel like I'm just getting started again. You know, it's it's I'm 24. I'm young and and I'm still. You know, I wanted I want to come to this league and and prove myself. And obviously, I want to prove myself everywhere I am. And hopefully, hopefully, this can take me take me a step further to to where I want to be. But uh, like I said, you know, every 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 day every day is a new challenge and and. Uh, the days in the Whitecaps, you know, helped me a lot. You know, being a, being a pro athlete is, is not easy at all. Some people think it's wake up, go to training for two hours and you're done. But uh, I like to call it a 24-hour job. You know, it's uh, go to training and then you got to take care of your body the rest of the day. You got to sleep right if you want to be the best version of yourself. So that's in the, that's that's where I am right now. You know, I'm trying to trying to be the best the best Marco Bustos I can be. And uh, you know, this COVID nineteen is another, another, uh, another bump in the road. But we get over it, get past it, and keep moving forward. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a great way of looking at it. To be honest, um, you're, you're probably like the only player to be ever seen with a latte on the bench, yeah. Well, <laughs> 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 it's 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 really funny though. Like, I mean, like how many other people, like you know, as I said, like most people dream of being a professional footballer. And you got to make your international debut and your professional debut for uh, the Whitecaps in the space twenty four hours. That's yeah, it's crazy. That, that's that's a crazy story. Uh, the Whitecaps, I think, like got you a cap for the national team with uh, Canada. You yeah. went to the in two thousand thirteen. I think you went to the U seventeen World Cup. Yeah, representing Canada. Yeah, you had a very difficult group. You had Iran, Argentina, and Austria there. Yeah. How was your experience playing that World Cup and especially like that Argentinian team? Because I think Iran and Argentina qualified for the round of sixteen. I remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was cool, you know, being part of a World Cup. Obviously, it's not the the World Cup, World Cup, but it's uh, under seventeen World Cup. Not many players can say they played in a World Cup, but it was it was cool. You know, it was a cool feeling to go to Dubai, a city that was miles and miles and miles away from where from Vancouver. 
but yeah. uh, but it was like such a futuristic place and and it was hot like super from what i remember it was like we couldn't go outside from between lunchtime and and like four or five o'clock because it was way too hot but it was uh it was a cool experience you know my my whole family went to went to dubai obviously to watch the world cup watch our game and uh we did have a we did have a tough group but i i think we did quite well to be honest we by the by the third game everyone in the group were tied on points you know and we all had the same goal differential so it literally came the the two to qualify for the next round literally came down to the last the last game everybody played and our last game happened to be against argentina and that was a that was a painful loss 3-0 i don't i don't think we passed the ball we connected three passes the whole game any any player from that team because that was in 2013 that was a year before the world cup in brazil uh -huh. any argentinian player that you remember there that you play against that it's now killing it like nowadays do you remember yeah one what yeah one guy the striker he's uh i don't know if you would know him but he's playing in uh in russia now his name is uh Driusi. i don't know if you're familiar with that name but he plays for uh zenit zenit and he, yeah he was he was a good player like uh, an aguero aguero type type player like uh short wow. and stocky but uh yeah that's, he's the only one i think that you know sort of made it made it big uh you also got a a call up for the national team from the uh Uh, the the main one the main squad, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I think uh, you share locker room with uh, Lucas Cavallini. How was that? Yeah, it was it was just coming back into into the fold too when I was when I was getting called up. You know, he was uh, he's a funny guy. You know, and uh, like such a hard worker on the field. Like this guy would press you, press the defenders, like. At a hundred, at a hundred, uh, at a hundred kilometers an hour, and he wouldn't stop. But he was, uh, he was a cool guy for sure. Yeah, and I think in the same squad was also uh, Dion, Aparicio, yeah. Kyle Becker, and uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's. I wouldn't say funny, but it's kind of like strange, right? Like I'm very surreal how you guys were called up for that national team and now you guys are sharing playing the same league. Yeah, it's uh like like I like I like to say it's you know the league is giving opportunities to to guys that you know we we didn't at an early stage didn't uh didn't have too much too much success at the at the pro level. So now this league coming in is giving us opportunity to shine. And then it showed across the league, you know shows what what talent canada has and the talent like some canadians have you know there were so many outstanding players this year and and it's only going to get better every year and with the with the national team you know it's if if we can get if the league can get you know every every national camp if the league can get a couple couple cpl cpl players into into a call up every camp that's That's building, building the league, building the name of the league, and and at the end of the day, it's going to give, it's going to give, it's going to open the door for for more players to get called into the national team coming from the CPL. Let's, let's switch a little bit to the uh, to the CPL. 
Um, yeah. Obviously, you got to play in front of your your, your home your home crowd because uh, you're from Winnipeg last year. Yeah. Um, how how was that? Yeah, it was super cool. You know, coming back coming back home to play in front of all my friends and family was was something I didn't think I would I would do in my professional career. You know, it's uh, it was the first time I ever got to play in front of everyone, all in all in the same stadium, which was uh, which was nice. And and just preparing for a game was was so different. You know, being at home. And you know, just leaving the tickets to my parents, and and it was just, it was just a surreal moment. That you know, I really cherish that. I'll cherish that for the rest of my rest of my career, no matter where I play. But it was, uh, it was a cool feeling playing playing at home in front of friends and family for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of another part of what the CPL brings is that it gives people uh, the opportunity to do that. Yeah. The stadium, obviously, is a, it's a huge stadium that that Valor plays in. Um, yeah. What, but it's designed for the CFL. What was the surface like that you played on? Was it difficult? Um, I would say, I would say it was it was parallel with the rest of the rest of the surfaces. You know, obviously artificial turf isn't uh, isn't the best on the body, but it's what we have, and and you know what you're gonna get from it. But it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I think uh, even the stadium being so big that. You know, we still the Valor still had a fan, had a big fan base and and a loud fan base, which was which was nice. And uh, obviously, the field actually being big was a uh, was a help was a help as well. You know, because when you get the ball, you don't you have just that little bit more time on the ball because you know it's it's hard to cover ground in in such a big pitch. But uh, but I, I enjoyed it a lot actually. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm sure it definitely makes a, a difference when you're, you know, you're used to playing like with Vancouver and the MLS and stuff like that, and playing on those kind of bigger pitches rather than little pokey mm-hmm. fields somewhere, you know. So, uh, yeah. So, so um, coming from um, a Halifax standpoint, because obviously we're from Halifax, uh, one of your teammates, uh, LB, LBG, joined us in the off season. Uh, yeah. How, how good is he? What, what do we have look, to look forward to? Oh, you. You guys got a got a good player there. You know, he's a super technical player. You know, likes to get on the ball in in uh, in tight spaces and under pressure, which you don't see you don't see a lot of midfielders wanting to do that. He's got everything. You know, he's a he's a guy that can do that can do everything. You know, being in that holding midfielder role, he can tackle, he can pass, he can he has good communication. So he's a, definitely a player. If I was a coach, I would want in my team for sure. So. You guys will enjoy him. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to uh, to, to seeing him play. Obviously, when all this uh, gets going, so <laughs> all the Halifax players we've talked to talk about the atmosphere at the Wanderers Ground here in Halifax, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Obviously, we haven't talked to somebody who hasn't played for Halifax as an away fa- as an away player. What's the atmosphere like here, and did you enjoy playing here? Yeah, it's actually it's actually a really good atmosphere. I'd say probably probably the best in the league. You know, uh, we played there on numerous occasions, and uh, obviously, getting to Halifax is is tough on its own. You know, it's not it's not an easy it's not an easy trip to get there. But uh, obviously, obviously, you got to get there and play the game. But you know, once the game starts, you know, you're not thinking of you know the flight the day before that that you're feeling tired or anything. 
anything like that. So obviously no excuses, but but uh yeah, the, the fans the fans were were loud, you know, definitely definitely irritating, you know, to to be an away fan playing there. You know, you got a lot of people chirping at you and and it's a loud stadium. They really get behind their behind their team, which is nice and it's nice to know that or it's nice to see that in a in a in a league so new that they've already created this fan base that's that's tough for teams to come into Halifax and, and get three points. So on a on a on a player from a, from an opposing team coming to play at Halifax is definitely not an easy place to come play. Is it somewhere that uh, you would want to to play yourself as a home player? <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't thought about that. So I have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> I'm, just lo- I'm just looking forward to playing to playing at West Hill for Pacific right now. Stephen Hart Stephen Hart asked me to ask that question. <laughs> so, um, have you had much? Have you had any time like doing preseason with the with the squad itself in Pacific? Yeah, we we were we were been together for three weeks before this COVID nineteen. So we're actually going away to uh, on a little trip to Tofino. I don't know if you guys know where that is. No, but it's uh, it's here on the island. It's like the the surfing capital of Canada. So a lot of people go there to surf. It's a super beautiful place. We we went for three three days, so or four days actually. It was it was more so for a team team bonding sort of trip. You know, we didn't play much football, but it was good just to get to know players and staff, coaches, etc. on a personal level. You know, I think it's important for for a team to perform. You have to know the kind of people you're you're going to battle with. So that was a good trip, and obviously we did it a couple of weeks on pitch. And once we started, we really started to get going. It was, you know, we had to shut down everything. So that was the toughest part about it. That that once we were, you know, coming up to our first, our first, uh, our first friendly game, that you know we had to shut down. So that was a tough one to take. How how does the squad look? Do you think it's going to be a good season? Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, we the like I said in the in the beginning that the coaches set a high standard for everybody, and everyone's following that standard. So you know, even now everyone's keeping fit. You know, our strength coach uh, has has uh, plans for us, and and it's been it's been quite quite positive. You know, obviously being in a in this tough tough times right now, everyone's trying to stay positive and fit for for when we come back. I'm hoping that we come back, obviously. But uh, yeah, there's so much quality. You know, I played with I played with a lot of played and seen a lot of these players here. You know, most of them coming from the Whitecaps. When I was in the first team, and a lot of them were still in the residency, and still played with some of them in uh, some Whitecaps two games. And they're 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 guys that you know once once they once they once they get the opportunity. Just like everyone else, it's it's uh it's game on, you know. This 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 league is full of players that need opportunities. So I'm I'm excited to to play with these guys and see everybody perform. And with the likes of some couple of international guys that we have, or the international, the Mexican striker Alejandro Diaz, top quality striker, and he's a huge addition to the team. You know, Karen Campbell banging in a lot of goals last year. And uh, you know, 
building on on his confidence. And you got so many young players that are so talented, but like I said, just need opportunity to play, and they're getting it here at Pacific. So it'll be it'll be a great year. I think we can we can make some noise for sure. That's awesome. Um, hopefully, you'll come second. Uh, <laughs> um, um, Alejandro Diaz also played for Sapotepec, which is yeah. the team that you play in Mexico. And there was the Ascenso MX, and and but back in your days in Mexico. Um, tell us more about like, uh, are you looking forward to that partnership? I think you played in 2018 and you left in 2018, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. Uh, he played for a while there. Like, uh, are you looking forward to that partnership? How was that chemistry on the pitch? Yeah, he uh, he came into the team there when when I had just left, so we didn't get to play together. But I've played against him on numerous occasions when he was in the U17 and U20 Mexican national team. So with Canada, we played him played him quite a bit actually, and I remember him clearly, and he remembers me. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the. To what we can do, you know, he's a he's a player that that has a football brain. You know, he sees the game really well, and and he's super technical. And you know, a player that I like to play with is a guy that you know can set the ball and get into the box and create chances for teammates making selfish runs. And he's one of those. You know, he's he's a striker that plays for the team, and obviously he has great quality himself. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to. To playing with him for sure, and like I said, the rest, the rest of the squad too. You know, everyone's got a lot to, a lot to prove and a lot to show, and I'm excited for that. That's great. That's that. That's great. And for your teammates now in Pacific, uh, before all this COVID started, who was the one that uh, actually like impressed you, and the one that uh, that defined, and also a defender that in the training camp that when you were playing and doing practice was the hardest one to pass. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, cause it, 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 it's hard to say because we hadn't, we hadn't started, uh, we hadn't played any friendly games yet. So once you put players into, into a game situation, everything, everything is sort of different. But, uh, But what surprised me most was uh, Marcel De Jong, actually, you know, him coming coming off uh, a torn Achilles, you know, being out for for more than a year. I think it, at, at his age, is, is a tough tough one to come back from. But now he's doing great and, and he was performing well and moving really well and and super fit. And, and it was it's exciting to see that because he's, he's a huge part to to Pacific FC and he'll be a huge part of the team once we start to come back to play. He's obviously our captain, our leader, so so I was I was most impressed by him. And tough defender to go up against would probably be him too. I, I the coach always puts me against him and and he's a guy that, you know, when we're in training he'll he'll kick you and he he does this one slide tackle that it's hard to get past. So he's he's probably the hardest defender that I've ever had to go against, for sure. That's great. And uh, what about last season uh, in the CPL 2018? Who was the one that, that defender that it was really hard to pass and also another player that impresses you the most? Yeah, I think uh, Luca Gasparotto from from York 9. We, we had a little little inside joke on in the games. You know, he, he always 
somehow blocked my shots. I don't know how, but uh, he must have blocked about 10 to 20 of my shots in the games that we played them. <laughs> so I would say he was probably the toughest to get past. And a player that impressed me the most was um, probably probably Kyle, Kyle Decker. I think I'd, I'd never seen him play a full season before. So now seeing him play and and lead that team to to a championship was 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 uh, was impressive. I think you know it's, he had a great team around him and he was sort of the foundation of that team. And I think the Forge Forge without Kyle Becker wouldn't have won the championship. So I would say he was the most impressive, in my opinion. So you played for uh, OKC in the USL. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are comparing the CPL to the USL. Um, do, do you think that the standard in the CPL is, is better than the USL or it's the same? How do you feel they compare? I think it's, uh, if I was, if if someone was to make a move from CPL to USL, I think it would be a, a parallel move. You know, I don't think, I think the USL has a bit more structure to it. Obviously it's been around much longer, but uh the competition on the field, I feel like is, is quite similar. You know, I, I felt like the games in the CPL were, were very competitive as well as the games in the USL. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I had opportunities to go to go to USL, but I, I thought I saw it as a, as a sideway move. So I preferred to stay in Canada for now. And, and in my opinion, I think, uh, I think they're quite similar on a, on a competitive stand for sure. Yeah, we're we're definitely glad you decided to stay in Canada, man. It's it's, it's great to to know <laughs> you're back here. That. Yeah. Um, so th- just talking about the, um, I don't know if you want to answer this, but uh, uh, so the the team you played for in Mexico, um, Mexico is just the, the the Liga MX has just announced they're scrapping promotion and relegation yeah. for the next five years. Um, how do you think it's going to hurt clubs like uh, Atletico? Yeah, that's tough. You know, uh, being in Mexico, it's a it's a culture that you know they love they love their football, and obviously teams in second division play to get promoted. You know, and and teams in first division play to not get relegated. So it's tough. You know, you're you've been like that promotion relegation your whole your whole existence as a league, and then then this you know it's it's tough to take as players, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's hard to have to kind of say really what's what's on my mind because you know I'm not I'm not living in like I'm not in Mexico right now experiencing that so it's it's tough you know it's it's not a place you know the players playing in the second division you know want to get up to first because that's where the money is and and that's where the most exposure is but you know what are you what are you gonna do right it's uh, it's down to the higher power and. You know, you just got to play, perform to get into first division via be it a, a transfer. So that's it's it's a bit sad to hear that, but like I said, you know, what, there's nothing as players that you can do now. So yeah, it might mean uh, we might see some more Mexican players uh, coming to Canada. I guess uh, yeah, like like I said to to a lot of friends and and teammates, you know, in my, my time in Mexico, I saw like. So, so many quality players. Then I asked, I, I asked them, you know, why, why is it that 
you're still in Mexico. Why haven't you pursued something in Europe? You know, you're or in MLS. You know, you're obviously good enough to play. And you know, they're 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 a culture that's comfortable. You know, they like to stay in their comfort zone, which is fair enough. You know, they're they're very family oriented people as well. And and a lot of answers I got back was that oh, I'm you know I'm comfortable here in Mexico. I don't I don't feel like I need to leave. You know, I got my family here. And uh, and yeah, so that was always that was always my question to them. You know, why why haven't you taken your talent somewhere else abroad? But uh, it's a case of them being being uh, being comfortable in their in their environment, right? So it's tough, you know. But I'd love to see I'd love to see a lot of Mexican players come to Canada. You know, they're quality players that can bring a lot to the league for sure. And we're 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 gonna see that in uh, at a hundred years. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see him. Um, yeah, when, when he moved, I kind of researched him a little bit there, and he he looks like he's he's quality. So um, it's going to be it's going to be good seeing players like that in the league. Um, so did, did you you played in the uh, ECPL games last night? Um, did, you play, <laughs> did you play against Christian Oxner? Yeah, I did. I got a beating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What what score yeah, was that? I, I, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but uh, but I uh, but I I said after after that week I'm not playing FIFA ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's what? a few players. I think there's a few players on the uh, on the Wanderers that feel the same way after playing Oxner. So you're not alone. Yeah, all I'm going to say is that guy plays way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, wow, the best thing. Probably not the best thing yeah. for a goalkeeper if it's going to like hurt his wrists and his fingers and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, it's better for me because when, when we play that, he's not going to be able to save my shots. I have fingers, tired hands. But no, he's, uh, like, like, like anything, you know, I'm a, I'm a competitive guy in, in anything I do. But and obviously, you know, it being a video game and losing in FIFA is, is annoying. But uh, it is what it is. You know, he's, he's better than me, so... That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there was probably like a lag on your system or something that that caused it, right? <laughs> I wish I had that excuse, but everyone was watching. Everyone was watching it on Twitch, and there was no lag. <laughs> so, so uh, speaking of FIFA, um, you you appeared in FIFA eighteen. Uh, yeah. You had an overall score of sixty. You think that was fair? <laughs> I think it was fair. You know, I, I was. I was uh, yeah on the younger side and and I still hadn't got the exposure for for those the FIFA analysts to see me play, <laughs> but uh, but no it's it's obviously cool to be in a video game. You know I I can't say I didn't use myself in the game before. <laughs> Transferred into Real. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, it was it was it was fun. So you you play against Christian uh, Christian Oxner. Uh, seems like you guys been playing all, a little bit often, like since all this COVID, like CPL has been launching all these competitions, playing FIFA yeah. twenty. Do you guys have any banter or like in anything like you know with, with, with your teammates like playing FIFA or or what what Christian because Christian is a jokester. So what what is uh-huh. you could tell us any story like any funny thing or he was bragging too much about this matches that you guys been uh playing often uh 
not not nothing nothing too funny. I think he he comes across as a as a quite confident FIFA player, which is good, and uh, rightly so. He's, he's he's quite good at FIFA, but uh, he said he had to beat me because because I tried to score a bicycle kick on him. So he had to he had to get get payback for me. <laughs> <laughs> which if he if he let I don't know if you remember that bicycle kick if you were watching at all, but if he let that in, that would have been. Uh, that would have been uh, number one on ESPN for sure. Yeah, that one. Um, I um, I've been looking on, on my notes and uh, uh, speaking of scores, I remember you score when Halifax play in Winnipeg. Yeah, you guys beat us on August. I think like two zero that match. Yeah, yeah. And the two goals were by you actually. You scored the yeah. two goals, and one goal was. Uh, an assist from LBG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, so it's kind of like, you know, what goes around comes around. It's so funny, but uh, yeah. now LBG is in, 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 in Halifax. So if he's in, in, in the pot sometime, I'm going to ask him about this. But yeah, that, that, that bicycle kit, uh, um, I guess it's a, it's a banter between, between you and, and the Ox. Yeah, so, you know, if, if, I wish I wish he was a net for that for that game that that we beat them two zero because then I would have I would have made a little bit fun of him too because I did I I I chipped the goalie that game. So but, uh, can we stop talking about that game because we're gonna lose all our Halifax listenership? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, that, that's in the past. Now we're just looking. We're look. We're trying to look past this COVID nineteen to start playing. Okay, let's 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 change it to something positive then, uh, Marco. What about like what are the 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 top the maybe two players from Halifax that you think wow these guys are really good and impresses you a lot? Yeah, I think uh, the the midfielder impressed me a lot. Ram Prasad, I think he was he was a guy that that was quite that was quite hard to deal with. You know, a very physical player. Give me a few kicks every every now and every every now and then, but uh, he was he was quality. You know he was a uh, was a big piece to to their way of playing. And somehow the uh, Kim Garcia scored a, scored all his goals against against us. <laughs> yeah, true. His uh, his speed his speed was uh, his speed was a difference obviously against against us. You know he he had a, a good finishing touch. There's always a player you need to watch out for. You know, they're ones that once they get in behind the defense, it can cause a lot of problems, which he did quite a bit of times against us. So I'd say those two guys were, were hard to deal with for sure. Whereas, uh, Marco, what are your top three players in your own position that you admire? My top three players? Great question. I think uh, my, my number one is... Uh, is Messi, you know, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's a different different breed. Uh, he's from a different planet. The way he reads the game, sees the game, his IQ of the game is is unreal. Um, you know, I try to not nowhere nowhere near his level, and will never be anywhere near his level. But uh, I try to emulate my game a little bit like him. You know, uh, just. Like I said, uh, on a free roam coming in from the right, you know, I try to play a similar style to him. 
and uh, just try to put myself in the best positions I can to score goals and assist. And that's what he does best. You know, he's been doing it for 15 years straight, so it's crazy. And then, uh, then another player that that I like a lot is uh, Paulo Dybala. You know, he's a uh, it's very similar to me, you know, coming coming in, coming into the half half spaces and playing from the wing, coming inside and creating chances. And uh, and another one, not not because he he plays my position, not because he plays my position, but uh, he's the guy that that sort of made me enjoy football more when I was growing up was uh, Ronaldinho. I have to put him on my top three list. You know, he's a, he's a guy that always played with a smile on his face and always did things different to everybody else. You know, he took chances. And uh, and that's the way I like to play. You know, I like to take chances. You know, if they don't come off, I'll do it again and do it again and do it again until it, until it comes off. So so uh, those, are my, those are my top three players. It's a pretty solid list, man. <laughs> So, um, yeah. what, what team? What team do you support? Apart from I'm a, color, I suppose. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Barcelona fan. You know, I started from the Ronaldinho days, and then uh, obviously Messi taking his throne, and and uh, yeah, I've been a Barcelona fan since since day one. What about in Chile? Any Chilean team? Colo Colo? Yeah, I never never really was never really into watching uh, Chilean football, but. Uh, I would have to say Colo Colo, biggest team in biggest team in Chile. So now I would say Colo Colo. No, that that's that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you, Marco. We appreciate your time again, no. and and, and we, we value your time. And thank you very much for being in this spot. No. Yeah, no, thank you. It's uh, it's a pleasure, of mine. You know, I got like I said before. You know, there's not not much on my schedule. I could I could fit you guys in, <laughs> but. Uh, but no, it's a, it's good. It's good to it's good to chat football a little bit and about my past and my present. So it's uh, it was a good chat for sure. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time out, man. As I said, and um, hopefully uh, next season comes quickly uh, and you do really well at Pacific. Apart from obviously when you get here to Halifax, um, we'll try not <laughs> we'll try not cheer for you too much, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get the season started. Hopefully, we can get it started, and uh, I'm excited to get to Halifax. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, you come say hi when uh, when you see me. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so yeah, so stay safe, buddy, and uh, let's hope uh, this is craziness ends soon. Take care. Awesome. Thank you. Take care, guys. Cheers, buddy. Take care, Marco. Bye bye. Thank you to Marco and Carlos for taking the time out to hang out and talk football on this week's episode. Really appreciate it. Thank you to all our listeners out there for taking the time to listen to our show. We really do appreciate all your support. You can head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.